0: the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's
1: your host, Rob Carson.
0: Yes, it is me, Rob Carson, the host of the Newsmax Daily, the uh, first oral presentation Audio podcast, in other words, by Newsmax. Glad to be a part of it. And we've got plenty of stuff to get to today, including the border lunacy, including uh, Joe Biden being, um, wow, just to the point of not even being uh, comprehensible yesterday. uh, Talking about mask mandates and all that stuff. We'll get to that. Also, a special guest today, Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch. I'm a huge fan of uh, Mr. Fitton. And he's going to be talking about the fact that the Supreme Court does not want to hear Hillary Clinton question with regard to her email server. Isn't that amazing? It just goes to show you that uh, there are two classes of people in this country. They are you and me, and then there's Washington, D.C. I just made that up. You and me and Washington, D.C. Uh, yeah, and by the way, we have nothing in common. Thought you should know. Uh, Washington, D.C., a bunch of elitists. They live by a different set of rules. They don't ever get punished uh, for illegality and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So let's get it started. I sometimes like to start the show with a little uh, a joke. That's what most shows do, like the Tonight Show and whatnot. So um I was thinking there was one joke yesterday. It was it was kind of bad, but kind of funny. It was uh hey, stop making fun of the Suez Canal. That ship has sailed. All right, that was kind of a dad joke yesterday. Here's here's a joke. I just read this one today. I didn't write this. This is cause this is a genius. Here it is. Mike Pence laying groundwork for twenty twenty four presidential run. <laughs> I mean, oh, well, that is that is just rich. Mike Pence <laughs> considering running for president in 2024. That is just that is just priceless. That's almost as good as the joke the other night I heard during uh, Joe Biden's press conference, where he uh, the, the the reporter this joke <clears throat> said, "Are you going to run again in 2024?" <laughs> And I was like, Joe Biden running in 2024. The question should have been, do you plan on breathing in 2024? You know, honestly, wow, wow, wow. Before we dive into things, Democrats are crying racism over Georgia Republicans' uh, voter ID requirement. Okay, you know, they just passed a, uh, they're trying to reform voting in, in Georgia because there was so much canary during the last election. And it's going all over the country. And it's not about taking away votes or or making uh, voting more difficult. It's about stealing votes and cheating uh, harder to do. And Democrats are screaming that uh, that's racist because apparently, according to Democrats, people of color can't get IDs. Now, this is what my friend Chris Plant, who's a talk show host, likes to say, the, uh, uh, the soft bigotry of low expectations. When you think that people of color can't get an ID, when you need an ID to get a government vaccine for COVID. Well, you should know about that. Well, apparently, um, people of color, and particularly African Americans, 70% of uh, of blacks actually support voter ID. They're fine with it. And you know why? Because everybody's pretty much got to have an ID, and it's not impossible to have some sort of identification. You can't live in this country, really, and have the lights on without an ID. But also, they don't want their votes stolen either. Isn't that hard to believe? So, wow. Again, the tyranny of low expectations from Democrats. Now, this is interesting also. The Politico, which is a uh, left of center publication, has come out with an article by Aaron Bonko. The only thing that the Biden administration has done with regard to COVID is establish 21 mass vaccination hubs around the country in community centers like in California, Florida, New York, Illinois, Massachusetts, and Texas. And apparently that has done a face plant. Nobody is going to these because people would rather just go to The drugstore, like CVS or Walgreens, right around the corner, rather than driving to a government facility. I mean, because honestly, I mean, who would much rather go to, uh, I mean, Walgreens, where they have all sorts of uh, candy and as seen on TV, uh, gadgets and whatnot. Or go to the driver's license bureau where you sit on a hard bench and wait for your name to be called. Or actually your number. You don't really have a name at those places. So basically out of all of the vaccine shots that were given in the month of February, 2.5% of all doses administrated nationwide were from these giant, massive government vaccination sites. Meaning nobody's going to them. Another colossal waste of money. So here's the deal. I think we know that big government always messes things up. Generally, generally. Generally, yeah, pretty much. Let's move on to COVID, shall we, and get to the president yesterday who is looking um, uh, troubled, to say the least. Greg Abbott of Texas lifted all mandatory mask requirements a couple weeks ago. There's been no surge in COVID-19 across the states. Other states in the country have never had COVID restrictions, and they actually have lower infection rates and hospitalizations, like South Dakota. But Joe Biden says that we need to get those masks back on. Yesterday, he, uh, he struggled to talk, but here's what he had to say about bringing back
2: mask mandates to all states. I'm reiterating my call for every governor, mayor, and local leader to maintain and reinstate the mask mandate. He's reiterating. Please, this is not politics. Reinstate the mandate if you let it down. And businesses require masks as well. The failure to take this virus seriously... Precisely what he sounds like my Uncle Virgil after a few too many beers. God is in this mess in the first place. Risk more cases and more desks. deaths. More deaths. We can't have more deaths. Look, as I do my part to accelerate the vaccine distribution and vaccinations, I need the American people to do their part as well. Mask up. Mask up. It's a patriotic duty. It's the only way. He said duty. We ever get back to normal. To cheer together in stadiums full of fans. To gather together on holidays again safely.
0: To be able to speak coherently. All of those things is what Joe Biden would like. Here he is talking about seniors and vaccinations.
2: We've seen this week, just this week alone, there are more doses of vaccine available for seniors this week than any week. There
0: are more doses available, by the way, in case you didn't know.
2: Thus far. So, seniors, please, if you've not gotten your shot yet... If you've not gotten your shot... Get it this week. Get it. Get it. Get it. Second, I'm reiterating my call for... He's every, reiterating it. Every governor, mayor, and local leader... Yeah, you already said that, Joe. But uh, anyway,
0: yeah, the president not uh, not sharp as a tack, to say the least. Not exactly uh, sharp as a tack. CDC Director Rachel Walensky had kind of a, I guess, I don't know. Uh, semi-bipolar moment with regard to panic and then uh, relief about uh, COVID. Rachel Walensky said uh, earlier in the week, and she did an interview with NPR about uh, COVID and about where the country was. And she said that the situation was, uh, well, just say, very bad.
3: I'm going to pause here. I'm going to lose the script. And I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. We have so much to look forward to so much promise and potential of where we are.
0: But we could all die in a heartbeat.
3: And so much reason for hope. So right now I'm scared.
0: Because if you don't follow our rules and you think outside the box, I'm terrified. That's what she said. Now, here she is uh, talking to Rachel Maddow on her show on MSNBC, saying essentially just the opposite, that uh, things were looking real good.
3: They suggest, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. Um, I want to note that I share this optimism. I'm so um, I'm so impressed with our ability to vaccinate. That
0: doesn't sound very doomy. I said doomy
3: at a clip of 3 million vaccinations a day. We have 93 million Americans who have gotten their first dose, um, 51 million who have gotten their second dose. And we have, we can kind of almost see the end. We're, we're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC says, Today. So but
0: things could change on a dime and we could all die if you don't follow our rules.
3: Just, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real-world data.
0: They've been talking about, the Biden administration, a vaccine passport, which would track Americans who've been vaccinated for COVID-19. Nothing, nothing ominous here. And give them access to businesses, events, and travel. So you couldn't go see, uh, you know, whoever you're going to go see, Miley Cyrus in concert. God forbid, uh, without showing your vaccine passport. There's nothing wrong with that, right?
4: Well, apparently, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says,
0: nah, not going to happen.
4: We are not uh, supporting doing any vaccine passports in the state of Florida. Uh, no one was more aggressive about getting this out. If you look at all the different points throughout Florida, whether it's a hospital, county health department, a retail pharmacy, a drive through sites, church sites, all this stuff, It's important, but we always said we want to provide it for all, but mandate it for none. And that was something that while it was advised to take, particularly if you're vulnerable, we were not going to force you uh, to do it. So there there was never under discussion any mandates to take vaccines. We will not have COVID vaccines mandated in Florida. The flip side of that, though, with these... That would allow
0: people choice, and we're in America... So I guess that makes sense.
4: Vaccine passports is, uh, it's completely unacceptable for either the government or the private sector. Could
0: we pin some sort of a
4: sticker or patch on people's clothing maybe? To impose upon you... Uh, the requirement that you show proof of vaccine to just simply be able to participate.
0: Uh, Honestly, no, not going to happen. Naomi Wolf, by the way, did an interview with Steve Hilton. She is a doctor. Here's what she has to say about passports. And if you think it's just about getting in to see Miley Cyrus, uh, God forbid, uh, it's much worse than that.
5: I am not overstating this. I can't say it forcefully enough. This is literally the end of human liberty in the West. If this plan unfolds as planned. Vaccine passport sounds like a fine thing if you don't understand what those platforms can do. I'm CEO of a tech company. I understand what this platform does. It's not about the vaccine. It's not about the virus. It's about your data. And once this rolls out, you don't have a choice about being part of the system. What people have to understand is that any other functionality can be loaded onto that platform Mm. with no problem at all. And what that means is um, it can be merged with your PayPal account, with your digital currency. Microsoft uh, is already talking about merging it with um, payment plans.
0: So this means that they could get a hold of your uh, bank account, all sorts of things that would restrict access to your business opportunities. And whatnot, if you don't take the vaccine?
5: Your uh, networks can be sucked up. It geolocates you everywhere you go. Your credit history can be included. All of your medical history can be included. But
0: other than that, there's really nothing to see here. And you really shouldn't worry about that vaccine passport. No siree. Trust the government. Kamala Harris uh, mustered a fake accent and laughed hysterically when uh, discussing struggling parents who aren't able to send their kids to school uh, her 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 laugh is disturbing enough as it is, but when she laughs at things are not funny, then she just kind of appears a little nuts.
5: More parents are seeing the value of educators when they had to bring their kids. <laughs> And said, "We're not paying them nearly enough."
0: <laughs> wow, wow, that was almost as hard as I laughed when I said that. Mike Pence is considering a 2024 run. Um, yeah, kind of doesn't make any sense for her to laugh about uh, kids not being able to go to schools, but that's just kind of the way she is. She just laughs uh, out of context. Like, <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, Kamala, what do you think of dead puppies? <laughs> what do you think about uh, maybe uh, clubbing baby harp seals? Are you are you down with that? <laughs> Yeah, just kind of strange that she does that, but she did it, and that's what we kind of expect. Now, of course, the crisis on the southern border seems to be, seems to be, the biggest crisis that the country is uh, confronting right now, even though the Biden administration will not say it's a crisis. We had 19 senators visit there the other day, bring back stories of what they saw, and it's horrific. And uh, how about some hot sake? You guys want some hot sake? Jen Saki was asked when uh, Kamala Harris is going to be visiting the border since it is the most pressing issue of the day. And uh, basically, um, there was no sign that she's planning on doing it anytime soon.
5: Okay, and one more. Uh, do you have an update on whether the vice president
6: plans to travel to Central America or to the border as part of um, her looking into the root causes of the immigration problem?
7: I don't have an update on her travel, but since you gave me the opportunity, it's important to understand and know that she is focused on addressing root causes in the region. And so travel.
0: Now realize that the president and vice president were able to fly literally a day after uh, shooting in Atlanta to Atlanta to uh, blame the shootings on anti Asian violence by a white person. Uh, it wasn't the case, and that story went away really Really quick.
7: Well, I would expect would be there, uh, the border, and uh, and, and expediting processing at the border, opening shelters, ensuring we're moving kids out of border patrol facilities. That is really under the purview of the Department of Homeland Security and HHS. And they all work together, but uh, the vice president's focus is on the region, root causes, and engaging with governments directly.
0: Wow, you know, I think she set a new world record for using the most words to say absolutely nothing. She's really, really good at that. Hey, let's talk about some uh, really cool things that happened on uh, Newsmax uh, the last 24 hours, including uh, Jenna Ellis, a member of Trump's uh, legal team, joined uh, Rob Schmidt on his show to talk a little bit about Ted Cruz being blocked by a Biden administration person at a Texas border facility. You saw the video. Ted Cruz is standing there and he's trying to record. He's a senator, by the way. And this, uh, I'm possibly an intern, not even sure, <laughs> got at his face and said, "You can't videotape." We'll start with that, and then, uh, and then hear Jenna's response
6: have uh, senators and our legislators from Congress having to go and do the job of reporters because the mainstream media is in the pocket of uh, the Biden administration and they're turning their back on uh, actually doing their job. And thankfully, there are conservative reporters uh, like Todd here going to the border who are evidencing these things. And I really think that the senators like Ted Cruz and others need to be doing their job in Congress and making sure that, uh, that they're actually legislating. But the issue here, of course, is that the coordinate branches of government need to do and fulfill their constitutional obligation. There's a reason that our U.S. Constitution gives immigration as a subject matter to Congress. And then it's the responsibility of the executive branch to enforce that legislation. We have to have a uniform... Yeah, isn't
0: that amazing? That's kind of the responsibility of the executive branch to protect our borders.
6: ...rule, because if there are any... It's in the
0: Constitution.
6: Uh, ...differences among the states, then obviously uh, immigrants would target the weaker
3: states.
0: Now, if it were up to the Biden administration, the senators would not have been able to share any footage. The government would only approve footage and send it to media outlets, and most of the mainstream media would actually accept it. In fact, the mainstream media would probably accept a six-year-old's birthday party footage at Chuck E. Cheese as a border facility. Yeah, pretty much. KT McFarland was also on with Rob Schmidt to talk about the uh, the Wuhan virus. Now, in case you didn't know, uh, the new WHO, and uh, you know if you can't believe the WHO, who can you believe? Yeah. Uh, COVID-19 came to uh, people through an animal, apparently, likely started uh, spreading no more than a month or two before it was noticed on December of 2019. According to the WHO, by the way, whose leader (laughs) got his position because of China, Uh, here is uh, KT McFarland basically uh, laying that to waste and saying, of course, it's from China.
7: Basically, the propaganda arm of the the
0: Chinese government, by the way,
7: it's been overwhelming from the very beginning. I mean that we now know that the minute the Chinese found out that there was something that was lethal and it was highly contagious, they took it out of the hands of their scientists and the Chinese World Health Organization and they turned it over to the Chinese military to deal with. And that the scientists who who discovered it in China, what happened to them, they disappeared.
0: You know, if you can't trust a country that enslaves millions of people to make you know, expensive shoes and iPhones and pick cotton, then who could you trust? Of course.
7: Uh, the World Health Organization was the, was the, basically the propaganda arm of the Chinese Communist Party, and they, they parroted what the Chinese Communist said. Oh, no, no, not contagious. Don't worry about it. Don't yeah. worry about it.
0: Oh, no, that, that Tiananmen Square thing where we crushed to death thousands of protesters and washed their bodies under the storm drains. That never happened. We should trust China.
7: Meanwhile, the Chinese were, were worried enough about their own population, that they shut down travel yep. internally in China. And yet they open travel to the <laughs> to rest of the else. world from Wuhan, knowingly spread that pandemic around the world. 100%. And then if anybody dared criticize them for it, like Donald Trump closing to China, what did they say? Like you just said, oh, racist, xenophobic, bigoted. You know, the Chinese knew from the beginning there was a problem. They covered it up, and they're still covering it up. Yeah,
0: pretty much still covering it up, and the WHO is still spewing, and the mainstream media is still saying, thank you, sir, can I have another? Rob Schmidt also interviewed Brian Harrison, former chief of staff of the HHS on the Biden federal vaccine sites that I just told you about, the ones that have done a complete faceplant. Biden built these costly government-run mass vaccination sites. There was 21 of them. They put them in a lot of big cities. Biden said the pharmacies were never going to be enough, that we needed this. They had to figure out a way to justify themselves and spend a lot of money. What do you make of this story?
1: Yeah, it's, it's really unbelievable. You know, I recall just the first day or two after Biden entered the White House, They weren't content just to sort of snipe at the plan that we left them uh, in the Trump administration, Operation Warp Speed. They went to the extreme case and told just demonstrably false lies that we left them no plan, that they had to start from scratch. And then they really took a lot of victory laps when they announced this new initiative, these federally run uh, mass vaccination sites, which was fascinating because that was the only sort of materially relevant improvement they claimed that they made. Off of uh, President Trump's Operation Warp Speed plan, and I I even warned about it in an op-ed that I wrote. uh, I think just within the first week of them taking office, saying that we didn't. That's really all the Biden administration did. Leave them a mess. We left them an incredible success, but hubris to think that the federal government alone that this whole thing could be managed completely out of the West Wing. But that was the only thing they could point to to say, "Hey, we did this better than Trump." And at the end of the day, they really didn't. The plan that's being executed today. Was the Donald Trump Trump administration Operation Warp Speed plan, and they put out this big news about you know ninety um, percent of folks be able to be vaccinated by April. You know who else made that exact same news that it would be vaccines would be widely available in the no? Who said that month of April? Go back and Google this. So if you're sitting at home, go to Google, look this up. Donald Trump made that announcement last September.
0: Yeah. So uh, again, taking credit for where credit is not due, and I'm not just kind of lying about everything. Yeah, Greg Kelly talked to Anthony Fauci about a year ago. Now, you'll recall over the weekend, Anthony Fauci uh, took credit for the coronavirus vaccine and Operation Warp Speed, all right? He said that he began talking about this last January, about the vaccine and getting it to a market. Here's the problem. Back on uh, January 21st, 2020, Dr. Fauci talked to Greg Kelly and said the U.S. didn't even have to worry about coronavirus, which would kind of make it uh, negate the untruth that Dr. Fauci immediately recognized the emergency and rushed a vaccine to the fore.
1: Um, bottom line, we don't have to worry about this one, right? Well, I, you know, obviously you need to take it
8: seriously and do the kinds of things that the CDC and the Department of Homeland Security are doing. But this is not a major threat for the people in the United States. And this is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried
0: about. So I'm not thinking that mindset is going to make you go, holy crud, we've got to get a vaccine done within 10 months, which has never been done ever in the history of the federal government and certainly ever in the 40-plus year tenure of Anthony Fauci. Greg Kelly went on to talk to Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma about what he saw on the border. Your reaction,
9: your sense of it all right now. Yeah, there's a reason Joe Biden doesn't want the world to see what's actually happening along the border. Uh, is because it is so horrible what's actually occurring on the border. Uh, I was in Nogales in the Arizona uh, border area two weeks ago. I was down in McAllen last weekend. In one of the rooms that I was in where they're housing children, it's designed for 80 people, and they have 709 people there. Uh, Coming across the border just in the past couple of months in that one area in McAllen, Texas, they have people from 56 different countries uh, that are coming across that border. And that open border, and let me assure you, it is open, uh, is allowing all ages to be able to come across the border. Uh, So it's a very serious issue.
0: Greg also talked to uh, Senator Lankford about the cover up that is exposed and what you are not hearing about. It's clear that he's trying to cover this up. Um, what needs to be done? What can be done? Because they
9: seem extremely stubborn right now, the Biden administration.
5: There are, they, they feel like as
9: long as they can put out video, which they have, that they created the video of the certain angles that they want to show, <clears throat> release that out to a willing media, that a willing media will just show that video and say, oh, we don't need to send down a a camera guy down there, we will just use the video the government's provided. And many networks have actually done that. Uh, We went on Thursday night uh, to a bridge that's set up as a border crossing area in a check-in location for people that are illegally crossing the border. No cameras are allowed in this area. We took footage of that. I released that out as well.
0: Listen to this.
9: Literally, people are coming across the border, getting checked in, and two hours later, they're released in the country. They're told to be able to show up at a court hearing three years from now. Are
0: you okay with this as an American citizen? I really doubt you are.
9: And there's no way those individuals are going to show up. And it's unrealistic to be able to say, we'll we'll do a hearing for you three years from now. You're welcome to be in the country for the next three years. That's the reality that's happening in the border. That's what Biden's team doesn't want anyone to see. That's what we want to make sure we saw for ourselves. And then we also allowed the American people to be able to see that video as well.
0: Yeah. Now, in Minneapolis, the trial of officer Derek Chauvin is underway in the death of George Floyd. The media has essentially already convicted the officer of the the charges and would have convicted on first-degree murder charges. They're not showing all of the evidence. For instance, that George Floyd had a more than deadly dose of fentanyl in his bloodstream as well as other chemicals, and he also had severe heart disease. One of his main arteries in his heart was nearly closed. You also haven't heard that he didn't die of asphyxiation, which would mean that he didn't get choked out by the officer. That said, for me personally, the jury is out. I am still willing to listen to the facts of the case, not just look at the video of George Floyd and make a decision based on that and say that the officer is guilty. Grant Stitchfield talked to uh, Sheriff David Clark, former uh, sheriff of Milwaukee, about the trial and some of the things that we need to just take a breath, listen, before we make up our mind. Let the facts come out. And I think that's what the trial is about. And people have made a lot of assumptions. What do you think we can expect over the next few weeks?
8: Well, let's sort this out a little bit, and I still want to advise people to take a deep breath, take a step back, let the justice system do its thing here. These officers are entitled to the presumption of innocence. No evidence has been put forth. The evidence hasn't been challenged. I want to remind people that the state has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. They don't have to take the stand. I doubt that those officers will even take the stand. They'll just challenge the evidence. Watch for the judge's ruling. I know what's what, what's needed and what's necessary to get a conviction. I'll tell you what, state's got some problems here. They've made some tactical uh, mistakes early. Keith Ellison is one. He's never tried a homicide case in his life. He inserted himself in here for self-interest, uh, for political purposes, to try to make a name for himself. So for some of the, jur- the judge's rulings early on, it might give you some indication as to what he thinks about some of the evidence that's going to be offered.
0: Yes, and this has happened on several occasions where an expected outcome uh, was a guilty uh, verdict, and it didn't happen. We saw that in the case of Mike Brown, the shooting of Mike Brown in St. Louis. We also, George Zimmerman and his involvement with Trayvon Martin, if you uh, immediately assume that the police are guilty... Uh, it's a very, very difficult thing to prove. My only fear is for the city of Minneapolis and those who would throw a violent temper tantrum and destroy cities like Minneapolis and others. Here's a little bit more from Sheriff Clark.
1: The autopsy reports no damage to his neck, no airway collapse, the death not due
0: to suffocation, which is we told that he was basically strangled to death with a knee on the back of his neck, and the autopsy didn't show that. I want to play for you a clip from the defense attorney during his opening statement, listen.
2: You will learn that these pills were again analyzed and that they contained methamphetamine and traces of fentanyl. Moreover, these pills contained the DNA and saliva of George Floyd.
8: Well, look, the opening statements, they're not evidence, but this is what the defense attorney will do and if he's competent, I think these officers have a chance. All the defense has to do is put doubt in the mind of one juror who holds out to get At best, a hung jury, because that would be problematic for the state to try to retry this thing again.
0: Again, take a deep breath. Listen to the trial. Listen to the evidence. Then make up your mind. Mm -hmm. Tom Fitton is the head of Judicial Watch. I love this organization. And he just found out that their efforts to require Secretary of State Hillary Clinton to uh, depose over her unsecured email setup... While she was in the Obama administration, it was basically uh, it was rejected by the Supreme Court—an unsigned order with no comment. Not a big surprise from this supreme court john uh, tom fitton joins me on the phone right now thank just, you for having me i'm just i'm thrilled actually uh I don't, i'm trying not to be a you know a fanboy here but i am a big fan of your work uh u.s supreme court denied efforts to require former secretary of state hillary clinton to face a des- uh, deposition over her unsecured email is this another case of the washington elites living by a different standard than us and they are unapproachable when it comes to any sort of questionable or criminal activity
10: Oh, it sure is. You had Mrs. Clinton take 60,000 emails with her as she left the State Department. She destroyed half of them, including classified information and attempted to. uh, And uh, she avoided the Freedom of Information Act requirements, violated the laws against the protection of national security information, and um, in, in our case, uncovered that it all happened. And the judge in our case there for several years said, you know what, we've had enough here to bring Mrs. Clinton in to ask, uh, to answer questions directly under oath in person. And she took this extraordinary step by rushing to the appellate court who protected her. And we went to the Supreme court and said, look, you can't stop uh, a witness like this from being questioned. It It would void out the Freedom of Information Act in the sense that you could have the head of an agency take documents, and never be questioned about it. So uh, the Supreme Court, you know, outrageously, but I guess unsurprisingly, uh, didn't want to confront Hillary Clinton. So you know, we're we're uh, we we're happy to be able to get the information we've been able to get. We still got other questions to ask in this case, uh, but it shows this is why Americans are upset with the uh, way the justice system is run. Uh, Hillary Clinton was treated in a way that no other person before the courts would have been treated and uh in doing so they undid the freedom of information act and the other laws that protect america and and the american people see that someone like hillary clinton can get away with anything practically speaking and And, uh, while others are being targeted Outrageously by the same agencies and courts that are protecting her.
0: Well, particularly the uh, the J- January sixth, you know, uh, attempted overthrow of the government by unarmed Americans. Uh, those people are being uh, being persecuted and being overcharged. It sounds like some of those cases are fizzling, but that's another uh, that's another subject. But it, an unsigned order issued with no comment again by the Supreme Court. This has happened on the heels of several. Cases involving uh, alleged voter fraud and vote stealing—is this the new standard for the Supreme Court, and what is driving it?
10: Oh, it's hard to know. I mean, in this case, you need at least four justices uh, to take up the case, and uh, they didn't. We obviously there weren't four justices. There may have been two. There may have been three. Uh, And if anyone supported it, they didn't comment. Uh, but uh, I, I, I agree with you. It, it reminds me of the failure, for instance, to take up the Pennsylvania case, the failure to take up the Texas case. Uh, you have a court um, and courts are afraid of their own shadow on politically sensitive matters. And it's not what we pay them to do. We pay them the big bucks to make decisions and not to avoid uh, cases and controversies.
0: To me, it seems like that uh, I lived in Washington, D.C. for about a dozen years. And uh, and I just see a different class of people. I've been in the Ruth's Chris Steakhouse above Crystal City and Reagan National when a senator comes in and there's a hush over the crowd and he's swept to his table and I go, wow, uh, he's supposed to represent us and and you know it, it just seems like nobody in Washington D.C. is held accountable for what they do. When they aren't held accountable, they're they're you know for instance their kids like Hunter Biden. Uh, several stories brewing there that should have been heard before the election, but completely ignored by the mainstream media and big social media. Is that the feeling you get that that it, the swamp? I mean, it, it's the swamp. This is the this is the definition of the swamp, and it it extends to all branches of the government. I
10: believe. Well, it matters uh, when when it comes to investigating misconduct by top level officials and politicians. You really can't trust anything the swamp does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the case of Donald Trump, he was held accountable for something he didn't do, which was the Russiagate investigation yeah. to protect Hillary Clinton from being held accountable for something she did do, which is the destruction of emails, uh, taking evidence and violating, it looks like, the laws against the handling classified information. Uh, so uh, the, the swap's perfectly consistent. They'll protect their own and target its
0: opposition. Tom, what questions do you feel that Hillary Clinton needs to be asked, and what would you have asked her if the, if the case had been heard?
10: You were warned repeatedly about the security of your server. Why is it you um, uh, failed to take steps uh, to protect classified information on your system? Weren't you briefed on it? Secondly, why didn't you tell anyone about uh, what you were doing when people were getting asking questions of you and others in your office about requests for information from Congress and requesters like judicial watch under the Freedom of Information Act. For instance, we all knew about the Benghazi scandal. Why didn't you tell us to look in your emails when we were responding to requests for information mm-hmm. about Benghazi?
0: Mm-hmm. I think I would have said, uh, uh, Hillary, you say that uh, those emails contained uh, uh, mostly content about a wedding or yoga. You expect us to believe you do yoga? <laughs> <laughs>
10: Well, you know, someone, you know, uh, uh, the governor of Virginia was famously prosecuted for how he paid for his wedding. So even weddings on and off limits when it comes to local corruption.
0: Let me ask you this, time. You live in Washington, D.C., right? Uh, tell me, uh, just as an outsider, I haven't been back in about five years, what is, is living in Washington, D.C. like right now? This has to be absolutely uh, uh, extraordinary uh, to live in, in Washington, D.C., and, and rather dystopian.
10: Oh, it's, it's particularly awful because of the uh, the, the COVID restrictions. And uh, many of the folks who live in Washington love the restrictions because many are being paid to uh, work, and I use work advisedly at home, and they get to walk around virtue signaling by wearing masks that the evidence shows. Uh, there's I'm not aware of any scientific evidence. Uh, Fauci standard studies that show that masks work. So there's kind of this you, you, the, the, it's this left-wing utopia. They don't have to go to the office. They get to walk around showing that they're concerned about their fellow man by wearing a mask and you know looking askew at anyone who dares not wearing a, to wear a mask. It's just um, you know, it's a decrepitly corrupt capital. And, you know it's kind of like the uh, uh, you, you go back to the days of Rome to see the similar attitudes in my view.
0: Well, Tom Fenton, I really enjoy talking to you. I hope to have you on again soon. Have a glorious day, and and, uh, thanks for joining me.
10: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Love that Tom Fenton and his thoughts on everything. Also, uh, Judicial Watch, one of my favorite places to go for... uh, you know, insights. He's, one of, he's on my list of, of things I check out every single day, of, of sites that I check out every single day. Uh, judicial Watch is absolutely awesome. Uh, a couple more stories before we go. Uh, an unearthed video from 2018 shows New York Governor Andrew Cuomo making a creepy suggestion to a female reporter about uh, having her join him singing in the shower. Um, now, this is kind of an uncomfortable exchange all around. He is uh, talking to her, and he is in a debate Uh, as well with another uh, candidate for governor of the state. Uh, They were asked their sausage preference. And then they were also asked about uh, songs they like to sing in the shower. Here is that exchange, by the way.
3: 68 degrees, and I'll be delivering it in the assembly chambers. (laughs) Okay, Governor. (laughs) Right back with the legislature. You say you're a sausage aficionado?
0: By the way, his challenger was uh, Republican gubernatorial challenger Mark Molinaro.
7: Yes.:
3: So besides Italian sausage, what do you like?
0: I like: This is going to get real dicey. Uh,
2: Kilbasa, but I am I do prefer Italian sausage. I'm true to my heritage and my grandmother's.
0: I'm not so sure a female reporter would ask Andrew Cuomo about sausage preference
2: today uh, and my mother's.
3: And you, sir?
10: We're having a sausage question. I I love, I always loved my grandmother's Italian sausage.
3: Okay, so here we go. Governor, what song personifies you or your campaign and can you sing a few bars? Empire State of Mind, I'm not singing. Oh, come on. No, you can do it. No.
0: Why do they have to ask
2: these stupid questions?
3: Oh, you're a coward. In okay. the shower, I can do it. Okay, Mr. Mark. Okay,
0: that's a visual I didn't need. One hour. Don't song? stop believing, but I'm not singing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> come on. I no, no, no,
0: no. Thank down. you. Two Thanks. I really
3: I, I
10: I'm having a hard enough time making it through the debate. I don't <laughs> want to sing. <laughs>
3: Can't I get you to sing just a few bars of Empire State of Mind? No, that's a that's a campaign killer. All right, all right fine. We're gonna go to the end. Unless you come to the show, all right, board. we're done, candidates.
0: We're yeah, done. I think we're done. Let's uh, let's move on, and that's going to do it for the show today as well. The Newsmax Daily. My name is Rob Carson. You can go ahead and check us out on uh, if you haven't downloaded the app, by the way, for Newsmax. Newsmax app is gigantic. It has been downloaded five million times since November. Actually, now more than that. So it's very popular, and also Newsmax is the fastest growing network in cable news. It's growing by leaps and bounds, and there are a lot of reasons for it. Thank you for joining me, guys. I greatly appreciate it. Have a glorious day. God bless, and I will see you, or you will hear me, again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com.
1: Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV.
0: Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.